All right, well, we've been in a series for some time. We've had, you know, Mother's Day and some other things, but um, we've been in a series on Sundays for some time called In His Name. So we're going to put up a few scriptures and uh, recap a little bit and then go uh, a little bit further. So if you could put up Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, to him. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So notice the first thing he did, he said, all authority has been given to me. And then the next thing he did is he said, you go, therefore. He is delegating that authority to the church. We'll read other scriptures, you know, as we recap here. We are his agents to get the work of God done on the earth. That is an awesome statement, but it's true. Scripture supports it. Jesus is not here in the flesh. The Spirit of God is here on the earth, and He is the helper to enable us to do the work of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, but we're His hands, His feet, we're His body. So we're the ones that are going to get the work done, and He's authorized us to do that. What, what good does it do if somebody asks you to do something but doesn't give you any power or authority to do it? If your employer said, hey, I want you to go you know, buy products for this you know, uh, conference, and I want you to go call these people, but they don't give you authorization to spend any money, and they don't give you the power to make any decisions, what are you going to do? You can't operate on behalf of the company if they don't give you the authorization to do it, right? Well, God, through Jesus, right here, God, Jesus, gave us authority to do His work. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You go, therefore, understood you, He's talking to the disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age Amen. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said to them, Jesus, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Now this is a list. And you can look at this and you could read it this way. He's saying, in my name you're going to do such and such. He said, in my name they will cast out demons. Notice there's a divider there, a semicolon. You could say, in my name they will speak with new tongues. He's saying, all these things you're going to do in my name. He said, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, they will drink anything deadly, it it will by no means hurt them, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will recover. Notice if you go back to verse 16, it says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, he who does not believe will be condemned, verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Notice it didn't say these signs will follow the 12 apostles. It didn't say these signs will will follow the early church. It said these signs will follow those who believe. So those are the qualifications. Don't make the Bible say something it didn't say. 2 Corinthians 5.20 
we're just recapping it. If you weren't with us or you didn't hear the previous message, I encourage you to go back and listen to those because we've laid a lot of groundwork, a lot of foundation. We can't go back and recap that else. Otherwise, you know, we'll be here till tonight and then just getting started into today's message. So um, that's not productive. So if, you, if you've missed it, go back and listen to those messages because we've covered these things in a lot more detail and we're kind of, we're going forward from that platform. 2 Corinthians 5.20, still recapping some, says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Is that clear enough? We are Christ's ambassadors. Well, what does an ambassador do? He's a representative. He represents the one who sent him. He doesn't act on his own. He represents and he has the authority to act on behalf of the organization or government or person who sent him. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Is that clear? We speak for who? Christ. Well, we're authorized to act on his behalf, to act in his stead, to do what he would do if he were here. That's what an ambassador does. Right? So we're Christ's ambassadors. We're ambassadors of the Almighty. Now, we can't really grasp that. We, are, we have to renew our mind. But even so, I think we're going to go our whole life and we get it to a measure. But when we see God in heaven, we're going to realize we did not grasp it fully because we don't grasp him fully. To grasp that fully, that we are his ambassadors, would be to grasp all that God is. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the horsepower mentally to do it. He is infinite and we're not. Nothing we know is infinite. Everything we know has an expiration date, has a beginning, has an ending. He does not. And that right there just makes your mind go, what? He had to have started somewhere. No, he didn't. See, why? That's, a, that's our natural thinking, because everything we know had a start. Who said he had a start? Well, say it has to have a start. Said who? That's a different, different thought. That's just, that's crossways to the way we think. Well, so what? We don't know a lot. So we don't understand God fully. We understand what, we can understand what he's revealed in his word, but we are understanding more and more. So to understand just a little bit that we are actually Christ's representatives, that's an awesome thought, and we could spend the rest of our life just meditating on that and still not get it. That's not a bad confession. You're just not going to be able to comprehend the awesomeness of the fact that you represent the highest power in the universe and that we're in on this. Amazing. So what we can do is take it by faith, believe it, and act on it and say, well, I don't understand everything about it, but I take it as true, and here we go. How many of you completely understand everything that goes on in the automobile you drive? Top to bottom, understand every system. How many of you, if I asked how many of you understand completely one system in the car, <laughs> I think we drop off a lot. They're pretty complicated now. That might have been the case, you know, years ago when it was just a gasoline engine and, you know, Pretty straightforward, but not anymore. Well, let me ask you a question. Did that stop you from driving here this morning? No. I, I can't get in the, the car until I understand everything. Well, you may never step foot in a car again, right? right. Unless that's going to become your profession. I mean, and there's all organizations where there's different departments that, that, that uh, deal with the different systems. Not anyone that probably works for the organization understands from head to toe everything in the system. 
So you're just setting yourself up for an impossible task. So if you think you have to understand everything about God before you walk in his truth and take him at his word, you're done. You're not going to go anywhere because you're not going to understand everything. We can understand what his word said, but if you say, I just, I got to understand how this works. See, number one, you're coming at God through your head. We're not supposed to come at God through our head. We're supposed to approach him by faith through our heart. Our head's limited. And or your head will mess you up because you try to understand him. I'm not saying you turn your brain off, but you got to put it second. You can't put it on the throne. Your head is not the driver. you got to put faith, your, your heart on the throne and say, God, if you said it, I believe it. I don't care if I understand it. That's secondary because there's a whole lot of things I don't understand, even in the natural. Why do I think I have to understand about the Almighty, everything about it, before I go forward? That's just not true. So we can go forward and say, God, if you said it, your daddy, you know more than me, I take it. Now let's go. I'm going to make it work without understanding it. Amen? So we are his ambassadors. Just take it by faith. Just say, well, all right, God says it. I am an ambassador of him. I am his representative. Well, you think I'm not qualified. You're qualified by what Jesus did. That doesn't have anything to do with you. So just accept it by faith and we start walking in it. Now, we, we, we've covered some things um, these last few times, but I want to get into and, and pick up there and then move on. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. Go ahead and turn there. You can. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 1. Oh, God is faithful. He is good. And He knows more than we know. We know, huh? It's a good place to say amen. He does know more than we know. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, what we just said. Verse 4, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith is not supposed to be in everything we can understand and not supposed to be in the wisdom of men. It's supposed to be in the power of God. Notice he said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The word demonstration there is derived from the term used to describe actions that exhibit or accredit, validate, a claim, a truth, or a presence. I'm going to read that again. The word that's saying uh, that it was in demonstration of the Spirit and in power is, de is derived from the word or the term that is used to describe actions that exhibit or accredit or validate 
a claim, a truth, or a presence. So when it says demonstration of the spirit of power, it's talking about uh, exhibiting actions that exhibit or accredit or validate a claim or a truth or a present. So when we say it's demonstrating, it's saying it's validating a truth. What's the truth? The gospel. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the risen one. And like we've said, we're not just supposed to have arguments. We're supposed to have the word of God speak the truth. But God gave authority to act in his stead on the earth, which means we're supposed to act like Jesus. On the earth and do what he did. Let me ask you a question real quick. Just because, you know, we've talked about this for a while. But if... If we are an ambassador of Jesus, we are a messenger of him, what does that mean? If he were here, he would do what we are doing, and we're supposed to do what he would do if he were here. Otherwise, it's incomplete one of the ways. If an ambassador can't do what the person sent him to do, he's lacking. If he can't do what he needs to do in that situation and not do what that person would do in the situation, then he's limited. The Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ, that we're authorized, that he's given us authority in his name. And we talked about this some. In his name does not mean, that's not a tagline for a prayer. That means in his authority, in his ability, as if he were here. That's what the church has been given. Now this is not common everywhere. This is not necessarily the thoughts that quote-unquote religion will tell you. It has dumb, been dumbed down to where it is just mental head knowledge and here's what we believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And it might be based on scripture, but this power, the demonstration, the, the, the proof, the accreditation to the truth is not necessarily there. But that's what we're to walk in. And that's what we're getting stirred up about. That is for now and today. It never ended. And we're going to read more scripture based on or about this. This is for us. We're not supposed to be just preaching with persuasive words of human wisdom. Well, like we said, here are the things we believe. Here's a good pep talk. Here's a good message. And then some other religion or some other face it. Here's a good pep talk. Here's a good message. Here's our book that we draw it from. No, we're supposed to be preaching the gospel. What is the gospel? That Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He came to earth as a man, died, was buried, rose again, so that we could be alive to God. And part of the proof that that's true, the Word, people need to believe that Word, but part of the support and the accreditation is supposed to be the power Amen. of God. The supernatural. And men and women all over the world yearn for this. We know it deep down in our hearts that when something tries to press on us and to, to contain us and say you can't do such and such, something inside of us is going, that's not right. We, you know what I'm talking about. When something pushes on you and tries to, to entrap you and imprison you, you say you will not be able to do that any longer. Something inside of you says, that's not right. Right? That's because we've been created in the image of God. And God himself came to earth to set us free. Jesus was not limited. Jesus walked around in power. They couldn't stop him. 
When they would try to push him off a cliff, he would walk right back through, through the middle of them. He laid his life down. In fact, when they went to get him and to arrest him, they asked, you know, who are you looking for? And they told him, and he said, I am. And they all fell down, which showed they weren't going to take him by force. They could not take him. He, laid, he let himself be taken. Well, we're not supposed to be walking around like, well, you know, some people have gone so far as they think God is their problem. He's the one putting things in their life. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God gave us authority through Jesus' delegated authority to us to go around and do what Jesus started. And he entrusted it to the original 12 disciples and they went about teaching and preaching, and God bore with them after the, uh, their word with signs and wonders. Well, that never stopped. It, there's nothing in the Bible you can ever find. There's just religion that says somehow that was only for the early church. Nothing in the word of God says that ended. Why would it end? We needed it more when there was like how many thousands of people, or I don't even know, millions of people on the earth then, but now there's eight billion, we don't need to prove it anymore. We're good with head knowledge. We can just make a bullet list and that's good enough, but you know, those signs and wonders have passed away. That's, that's crazy, I'm sorry. There's so many more people and so much that people have discounted and the, the world does not believe thinks that religion or what they would call religion or faith in God has passed away and it's all a bunch of stories. So now we don't need the supernatural because, you know, we did it all in the early church. Really? We don't need it now? We don't need to demonstrate it now? That's crazy. We went through the dark ages where a lot of this stuff dropped off. You wonder, well, where was it? Truth. Hey, these are people just like you and just like me. They didn't necessarily keep stuff up. Stuff dropped off. P things weren't being talked about in truths that were in the word of God. There was always a rem remnant that believed in it. But stuff started have, has been added back to the church over the centuries. And people have started to walk in it again. I don't know about you. I believe we have more of a need to walk in it now than ever. We are so in our heads as a society. Prove it. They prove it to me. Prove it to me. You can't prove it. I don't believe. I don't choose. That's all nonsense. Now, I'm not saying you could have somebody do a miracle right in front of you or, you know, the, God perform a miracle and people can still scoff. The word of God proves it because the Pharisees will look at Jesus. Go watch. He's going to I know he's going to heal him on the Sabbath. <laughs> and they get mad at him for doing it. It didn't change their heart. They were like, watch, watch. He's going to he's going to heal on the Sabbath. He's not supposed to do that. And here he heals. I told you we'd do it. They just, they saw a miracle and change him. So hearts are not going to be changed, but there's a whole lot of people that are, will be uh, uh, affected. Otherwise, the word of God wouldn't have needed to tell us to do this. It does give proof and it does back up. There are people that are going to harden their hearts in the face. But that does not mean it's not true and not needed and not what we're supposed to walk in. But let's go forward. Let's see. I should go next. Let's go to, um, just put up 1 Corinthians 4.20. Read 
read a couple of these. You don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's not in word, but it's in power. It's not supposed to be just hollow words. Let's get up and preach and, ooh, wasn't that neat? Boy, that was great. Didn't affect my life whatsoever, but it's really pretty. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not what we're supposed to be experiencing when we come together. We're supposed to be flowing with the Spirit of God, touching us and speaking to us. Do you understand when we're flowing with Him, we're preaching, we're, we're sharing His Word, and by His Spirit, He is touching each person's heart, custom-tailoring something that they need. That's supernatural. That's not head. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the what? The power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know there's people that are ashamed of Jesus. Well, that's... We're not supposed to be ashamed. We're not supposed to be ashamed of the full gospel, the everything that the Word teaches... Because it is the power of God to salvation. You know what people need? They need to sense and, uh, and, and experience the presence and the power of God. And I believe we are on the cusp of a rise in the power of God being demonstrated. People can hear a nice talk. They can hear some words that sound good. And we're not against that. But people have real needs that need to be touched. And either the Bible's true or it's not. Amen? Amen? Is it true? Do we, like we said earlier, do we believe just a fairy tale, a bunch of stuff that just it makes us feel good, but it's not true? Or is the Bible true and it actually is the power, the backup? You can say things that are the gospel and there is a power to back it up to say that's true. I believe we are supposed to walk in that power. I believe that we are supposed to be um, demonstrating the power of God, not just talking about it. Jesus demonstrated and gave us a pattern for how we are supposed to walk. Let's go ahead and look at uh, Luke 6, 17. I'm going to put those, put those scriptures on the screen. Oh, there's so much here. Luke 6, 17. Hold your finger there. I'm just going to put up Mark 16. We read um, Mark 16, 15 through 18. Can you do this? Um, Teresa, can you put up Mark 16, 15 through 18, and then we'll put up 19 through 20 afterwards, but I think they're in two different places. Just so you can see this as we're showing what Jesus did, but look at the subsequent verses. We read this early. He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Because I want you to have this in mind as we're reading the other things we're, we're, we're going to see what Jesus did. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Go ahead. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, we read that earlier. Now, notice the next verse. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now, notice this. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them 
and confirming the word through the company and signs. Amen. So he said, they went out and preached the gospel, the Lord working with them. Like we talked about earlier, you know, previous messages, we are, as ambassadors, we are God's partners. We are his workers together with him. Well, here it says, the Lord was working with them and what? Confirming the word through accompanying signs. Now notice earlier, a few verses up, we read this earlier, it said, these signs will follow those who believe. It didn't say it ended with the disciples. These were the first ones that were doing it. Well, we'll actually see they were doing some of this earlier when Jesus was still walking on the earth. But nobody said it ended. Just said those that will believe. This is what we're supposed to do. If they went and preached the gospel, can you go back to uh, verse 20? If it says they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming them the word through accompanying signs, we're his ambassadors on this earth. Aren't we supposed to go out, preach the gospel? Isn't it logical? We should expect to have the word confirmed through accompanying signs. Where did it say that ended? Did not say it ended. That's what we're supposed to do. That's part of being an ambassador. We're supposed to do what he did. We're supposed to walk about preaching the gospel and the power of God is giving confirmation to it. Amen. Amen. Say, this is for me. If you're a Christian, you can boldly say, this is for me. Today. In 2019. And beyond. Don't relegate this to the past. Don't relegate it to the far future. This just says those who believe. So we believe. Believe means you actually, you believe that that you trust. Not head, well, I, I give, you know, assent to that. I kind of think that might be true. No, you believe, you act on it. That the Bible says that these things will be done. Now let's go back over to Luke. We just, where we were, Luke 6, 17, or 6, 17. Jesus, these are a few, I'm going to read you a, a couple accounts, what Jesus was going around doing. It says, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with the crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Notice that. They came to hear and be healed. Why? They had heard about Jesus. They had heard that he was doing things. So they came to hear him and they were healed. Notice they heard the word first. And so many times you see Jesus preach, he taught, and he healed. That's the model that Jesus did. He taught, he preached the word of God, declared, and then people were healed. People need to hear the word. They, if people will receive Jesus then, and understand that sickness has no authority over them at that point, and that they can be healed, they can act on it, and they can be free. Unless it's a move of the Spirit, us just trying to go over and just get everybody into that place. If they'll just understand, Jesus has set them free. They receive it. They believe Jesus. Now, if they understand, Satan's sickness has no authority over them, and they can act on it receive healing. That's the model that you see over and over. That's the best way. Because when somebody's in the position, they've already received Jesus, then they just need to understand, this other stuff doesn't have a hold on you. And then they can act on it. It says, They came, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well 
as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, from him and healed them all. Notice that. Power went out from him and did what? Healed him. Is there a power of God in existence that can be manifest on the earth? Yes. Supernatural. That can change a person's body. That's what the Word says. I mean, is this what we're reading? Just all a bunch of, is this stories or is this real? Does this affect us today or is it just, it's just fairy tales. We just do this so that we feel good about ourselves. Or is this real? Is this actually possible? Yes. The Word of God says it is. And the Word of God says we're supposed to do what He has done. We're going to, we'll see if we get there, read that scripture. In front, I'll just... Well, well, we'll get there in a minute. Let's look at Matthew 4.23. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness. Notice that. He went about teaching, preaching, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he what? He healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So verse 24 it says, so after he healed all kinds of sickness and disease among the people, then his fame went throughout all Syria. Well, can you imagine? I mean, we see pockets of this, but guys, this is supposed to be the way, this is what we're supposed to be operating in. It's renewing of the mind and expecting it. And this isn't just him. If this were just Jesus, then we say, wow, that, that must have been a time. Back there 2,000 years ago, I mean, they could go to Jesus and people could be healed. But it did not end there. And we can see that. And we'll keep getting into this. John 14, verse 12. <clears throat> Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Notice it said, the works that I will do, he will do also. Now go back, okay, go back to the beginning. Okay, you have it up here. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Does that say the 12 disciples? Does that say... You know, the 12 apostles. Does that say the immediate people that lived right around that time? It doesn't. And that's the same way it said in Mark. Different gospel said, he who believes in me. These signs will follow, right? This is the qualification. Now, are there gifts? Are there ministry gifts? Yes, that's a different thing. But this belongs to every child of God that we can walk in what he walked in. The Bible says, if you believe in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Well, what do we just read some of the works. See, our natural mindset can say, or religious mind, if we've heard certain things that go, well, that was Jesus. Well, that's not what Jesus said. This is Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. We have to erase the religious teaching 
religious meaning man-made thoughts that get in there about, well, we don't understand everything about God. Well, we don't know. I mean, and, and go as far as to say God's the one putting sickness and disease on people. Well, that's a total misunderstanding of what's going on. Everybody that came to Jesus got healed. You can't find it in the Bible where people came and they went around way sick. I dare anybody to go find that in the Bible. Where they came to Jesus and they, they came, they walked away. So everybody that came to Jesus in faith was healed. And Jesus said, I am the will of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So that's the will of God. So the works that I will do, he will do also. Now go over to Luke. Let's read. Go ahead and turn there because we're going to read a little bit in Luke. Luke 10, verse, or actually we're going to go verse 9. Hold your place in, in Luke 9. I just wanted to read something that I, I failed to say in Mark... Um, 1620. Can you put up Mark 1620? I wanted to read a note on that as we're going into this. So it says, They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through a company and signs. That word confirming there, it means to make firm, to establish, to secure, to corroborate, to guarantee. See, the, when the disciples were preaching here, the miracles confirmed to the people that the messengers were telling the truth. That God was backing up their message with supernatural phenomena and that a new dispensation of grace had come upon the world. See, that supernatural part of it, it backs up that God... Men cannot do supernatural things. So the fact that that word is being preached and the, the, the words are backing it up, the, the, the signs are backing it up, is supposed to be a confirmation that this is indeed God. Like we said before, I mean, religions of the world can go and say, well, we believe A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And here's our nice, you know, bound book. We have our book that looks like yours, and this is where our truth comes from. And then somebody else can go, well, here's our, our teachings, A, B, C, D, and this is our prophet, and here's our book. And if we just, if we just dumb it down to that, then all we're left with is, well, we're Christians. Um, here's what we believe. We believe Jesus is the Son of God, and here's our book. And you can just go around and have arguments. Well, we believe this. Well, you believe that because your dad believed that, and your mom, and you just came from a country that just believes that. Well, I believe that's what you believe. I mean, you're, all your descendants, all, everybody around you just believes that. So that's why you believe it. Well, it's the truth. Well, ours is the truth. That's not supposed to be everything there is. Seriously. I mean, let's be honest. You go to some countries and go, this is the truth. Well, they go, no, it's not. This is the truth. No, this is the truth from Jesus. He's the Son of God. Well, we believe so-and-so was a prophet. We're okay with Jesus, but this is a, he's a... He's okay, but this is the truth. 
No, this is the truth. Well, the Word of God is powerful and just giving the Word can quicken people, but we're supposed to also have backing that God is backing up what we're saying and saying, no, this is the truth. And we don't need that now? Are you kidding me? You read all the sarcasm and cynicism? Just go on there. Just read any comments on any forums, anything that talks about Christianity. What? You're still talking about God, God is a myth. You stupid fools that believe in a God. You don't think we need the supernatural today. Because we're too smart for God as a society. That's for people that are uneducated and ignorant. Is this not said? So we don't need the backing of God now, right? Because they only needed it when it was just getting going. But now that it's roaring, now that the whole world, I'm being sarcastic, 8 billion people are all just right on track, we don't need it. We don't need it when people are flat out blaspheming God and saying, that does, that's just a bunch of you know, fairy tales. We don't need the power of God now. Really? Because we're too educated. We'll just slick everything, just make everything real slick, and that, people will just receive it because it's cool. Are you kidding me? No. I believe what the Bible says. I believe we're supposed to walk the way the Bible says we're supposed to walk and that we have what the Bible says we have. Let's look at Luke chapter 9, verse 1. So this is when Jesus was still walking on the earth. He said, Then He called the twelve disciples together and gave them what? Power. Power. And authority. Those are two different words. One is the, the ability to get the job done. The one is the authorization to get the job done. The difference between those two things, and I was just going again, what, yesterday, I think down the street, and you've all experienced this. You see a policeman in the, in the street, and, and this guy, you know, there was a, a place where they were working on the utilities on the side of the road, so you had to go around, but they were controlling one lane at a time, could go through. So I was going through, and, and he uh, still motioned. I wasn't sure if I was going to be the last one or what, but he said, no, no, come on. And then the next one, he went like this and walked right out and, and, and held up his hand. Now let me ask you a question. Does that man have the power to stop a vehicle going 40 miles an hour? Yes. No. no. Power. Does he have the physical strength? Could, if the car goes at him, does, could he say like this and just knock it down. And we're not talking about superhero movies here, you know, where it's just, yeah, they could do that. Just stop it, you know, right there. No, we're talking about a man in a policeman uniform. Could he, does he have the physical strength to stop it? Does he have the authority to stop it? And what is the power behind that authority? Number one, that sidearm that he carries, that's power. And you know what else stands behind him? The whole government in the locality, in the state, stands behind his badge that says, I have the power. You think I don't have the power? You take him out, guess what's going to happen? The rest of the power is going to come. So that authority has been given power. The authority without the power to really get it done and get doing things. But notice, he can act in authority even though he himself is not the power. He can hold up his hand, and you better recognize the fact that he is an authority, otherwise there's going to be some people coming after you. Is that not right? But if you said, ah, he can't stop me, and you put on the gas, 
Do you understand that everything we're talking about here operates in the same principle? So people say, I don't, I mean, how, what am I? How can I say something to the disease and it'll go? It's not about you having the power. It's about you having the authority. Jesus has the power. The God Almighty is the power. We have been given authority. What does that mean? We're talking about in his name. When we say in his name, we're talking, we're saying in his place by his authority, I'm telling you, go. And people look at themselves and say, I, who am I? It doesn't matter who you are. It just matters you're wearing the badge. God himself will back it up and it's his power. Satan recognizes authority. Amen. Now, if you don't think he does, if you think, well, I don't know, will he really go because I say it? He doesn't have a choice. But if you don't believe that and you say, well, I just don't know if he'll go, he'll snake, snake right back in and say, well, you don't believe it. You don't believe it, but if we, this is where renewing our mind comes to. If we start to really believe that it is not about us, that Jesus, the head of the church, gave us authority to operate against sickness, sickness, disease, demonic activity, anything of the devil that would kill, steal, and destroy, that comes to harm mankind, if, if we would realize the authority has been given to us by the head of the church, and that we, when we say, in the name of Jesus, Satan has to comply. Because all the power of heaven stands behind you in saying it. It is not you. It is not me. What do you have to believe? That you have the power? No, that you have the authority. When we start to believe that, now it takes it off of, well, can I do it? What am I? Who am I? To Jesus has the authority. He gave it to me. I'm operating in that authority. Let me ask you a question. I don't know how much you've been in this position, but if you've ever operated on behalf of a company, if you've ever made a purchase or made a phone call, could have been just, hey, go order this for me. Or, hey, make these arrangements. When you went to do it, were you thinking, ah, just, you know, what, what did I do at home last night? I mean, I don't know if I'm qualified to make this call. I don't know. Gosh, do I feel good? Did I get enough sleep last night? What was I eating yesterday? Did, what did I watch on TV? I don't know. Uh, no, you just say, they told me to make the call. They gave me the opportunity. I make the call, and it is done because I'm working on behalf of the company. You know what we do as Christians a lot of times? Oh, I just don't know. I mean, am I qualified? I don't know. Jesus gave us the authority and we need to say, operate in that authority and say, no, you go in the name of Jesus. And God's power is there to back it up. And if we'll believe that, that's how it operates. Satan recognizes authority. But he is a deceiver and he will try to convince you you don't have it. Why? Because he knows he can't stop it if you use it. But if he can convince you not to use it, that's how he stops you. If he can convince you you're not qualified. Who? You? He'll tell you this. Who? You? You can't do it. Look at you. You know your life. You can't give the order. What's he trying to do? Don't give the order. Because he knows he has to comply with the order. So what does he try to do? Keep you from giving the order and then get you to rescind the order. <laughs> Say it and go, well, it didn't work. Okay, you're right, it didn't work. Not working, that means I don't have to do it.
But what if we, say, if we actually believed that the Word of God is true and we gave the order? Somebody said it like this. You know what we as Christians do a lot of times too? If somebody in the natural were given an authorization for a paper, it had to go th across their desk to be authorized. Maybe, you're in the, maybe you've been in this position before where you have to authorize expenditures of a certain amount or you've got to authorize a trip or whatever. It comes across your desk. You know, let's, maybe it comes across email and you say author. I know I've had to do that. I've gotten an email. Somebody made a purchase and they had to say, is it okay? And I just respond, authorized. Gave your permission. I wouldn't have to, you know, my name just being in the email is enough. It's okay. Now, what Christians oftentimes they do, they stamp the paper. It's like they came across and they stamped the paper and said, authorizer, you know what? It's approved. Or yes, go ahead and do it. And then they don't know if it really took, so they go and stamp it again. Well, do it. I don't know if that worked. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And so you got this paper that's got like 25 marks on it because the person doesn't believe in the name of Jesus it'll go. They say, well, now I really feel like it'll do it. In the name of Jesus. And they'll say again, well, I just, I don't know if I really was in faith that time. In the name of Jesus. Is that not what people do? And go over and over. If we realize, no, you just, you just sit, put it out there. Say it. That's it. Now don't take it back. Don't keep taking it back. But let's read this. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there. And from there depart, and whoever will not receive you, then when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Notice he gave them authority and power. Now Luke 10, if you skip down to Luke 10, it says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also. So there goes the whole thing of it's just the 12 Apostles. So there are 70 other people here. And sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Notice the context of this verse, which we quote a lot of times in relation to people being saved. They need to be saved. The harvest is plentiful. But he's saying he sent them out at this point, and he sent them out in this way, giving them authority. He didn't just, this wasn't just an isolation. It was a say, he gave them authority just like he gave the disciples what? To preach, but to heal. This is, this is the context. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Verse 3, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Ne carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating, eating and drinking such things as they give for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. Verse 9, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Notice he told the 70 to go do the same thing. 
Now verse uh, 17, Luke 10, 17 says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They're returning with joy. Why? Because it's working. And they, you can hear it, it's like, it's a little bit astounded on what Lord, even the demons are subject to us. How? Because they're so strong and awesome. In your name. He gave the authority and they are acting on it. And the demons are subject. And obviously he, gave, he told them to go heal the sick. So he didn't say that's not working. Verse 18, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Serpents and scorpions are a type of demonic activity. And he said, I give you authority. Well, where does sickness and disease come from? It comes from the enemy. There was no sickness and disease in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in Luke 10, or I mean Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is demonic. I'm not saying there's a demon involved in everything, but the source of it is not God. But we've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. We don't put this above the fact that we can be born again and saved, but this is supposed to be part of it. This is part of the backing, the support, the confirmation that the word saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God is true. Amen.